us. But when, if we choose to pay the price ourselves, we will live with those words that people spoke to us. D disease, we have disease here. We choose to pay the price ourselves. We live with that disease for eternity because that disease separates us. That disease is not of God. It goes into the lake of fire. You know, this is the second death, the second eternal death. This is what God rescued us from. This is what he rescued us from. And more than that, he rescued us from the death of the loss of relationship. My um, roommate in teacher's college, her sister died very young in a car crash in her teens. And uh, I used to always tell my roommate about how uh, Jesus loved her so much and wanted her to have a relationship with him. And she said, well, you know, I don't want to get to heaven and find out my sister's not there. And I said, I'd rather get to heaven and find out my sister's not there than get to hell and find out my sister's not there. <laughs> You know, like, <laughs> you don't know where she is. You don't know what her relationship was with God. We don't know what happened in the last minutes of her life. And there's this misperception that in, in hell and in the lake of fire that there will be a big party. It's where all the people who really know how to have fun go. You know, that's, that's the lie that's out there. That is a big lie. There is no relationship in hell and the lake and fire. You can't talk to anyone. You don't see anyone. You're alone forever, alone. There is no party. It's death and sickness and torture and fire and worms for eternity. You know, we have such a misperception about what really we're saved from and what it really is. You know, but there's good news. Because death is not the end of the Easter story, is it? It's the middle. It's the middle of the Easter story. Do you know, I love how Jesus talks about death for believers. You know, when he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead, he told everyone, she's not dead, she's sleeping. And they all laughed at him because they knew she was dead. They, there was no pulse, there was no breathing. She'd been dead for a while. They'd all come for the funeral already. They laughed at him. But Jesus doesn't tell lies, does he? She was not dead. She was sleeping because that's what Jesus says about believers who die. We do not really die. We sleep. When believers die, they don't really die. Isn't that wonderful? We sleep. He says it about Lazarus too. The disciples are like, Jesus said, oh, Lazarus is sleeping. And the disciples say, oh, if he's sleeping, he'll wake up. And Jesus says, no, no, no. <laughs> he died, <laughs> so you know what really happened. But he's really sleeping. I'm going to go wake him up. And Paul says that believers who are asleep before us will be raised for, before us. You know, believers go to sleep. Believers go to sleep. That's not what Jesus said about himself when he told the disciples he was going to die. He did not say, I'm going to sleep. He said, I'm going to die because he experienced the death that you experience when you don't believe, when you haven't accepted the gift of this love. Right? He experienced that death, and he experienced resurrection. So I want to talk a little bit about what does life look like. Actually, more. More I want to talk about what does life look like. <laughs> um, so a while ago, I told a story about uh, grasshoppers. I don't know if you remember it. 
Um, there is a man, this is a story, it's not in the Bible, I made it up, <laughs> just so we're clear. <laughs> there was a man and his son who loved grasshoppers. And they were scientists and they studied grasshoppers every day. And there was a field where they studied these grasshoppers and, you know, they, uh, they studied them and wrote down about them, and they actually, they really love the grasshoppers because I don't know if you know scientists, but they end up loving the thing that they work with. I don't know if you know any scientists. My uh, prayer partner's husband is a scientist, and he loves seeds, and he works with seeds all the time. And so these, these guys, they loved grasshoppers, and they found out that there was a condo going to be built on the plot of ground where they studied grasshoppers, and all those grasshoppers were gonna die and uh, they were like, oh no, we're gonna lose all our grasshoppers, and so they made a plan. See, they had figured out a way for a person to become a grasshopper in the midst of studying grasshoppers. And so they decided that the son would become a grasshopper, would go and tell all the grasshoppers about what was gonna happen and about their rescue plan, how they could meet the father you know, at a certain time and place, and he would take them to a new field. And so the son became a grasshopper. And he went and he told the grasshoppers in grasshopper language, you know, they rubbed their arms together. Listen, you're all gonna die. <laughs> you have to go meet my father, he loves you. <laughs> you know, and uh, they're like, oh, how are we gonna die? He said, well, bulldozers are coming, you know, bulldozers. Grasshoppers don't know what bulldozers are, so you know, he gets a stone and he gets four stones and he gets a leaf on top of it and he moves the leaf along the stones and shows how it picks up dirt. He says, bulldozer. They're like, oh yeah, bulldozer, we got it, okay. And you know, they're like, what's a condo? He's like, um, it's like a tree where like one squirrel lives at the bottom and another squirrel lives in the middle and another squirrel lives at the top. And they're like, oh yeah, okay, condo, got it, got it. You know? And so some of the grasshoppers believed him and uh, they met the father on that day and they were saved. They were taken to another field and um, the grasshoppers all thought he was gonna go back and become a man, but actually they'd never figured out how to do that. He had to stay a grasshopper for the rest of his life, you know, because he loved them so much. That was his love for them. Now this is a silly story. What man would ever become a grasshopper? Like that's just silly, you know, and unbelievable and incredible. But really, how much more incredible is it that God would become a man? You know, it's just way more incredible and unbelievable. And in Isaiah 40, 22, it says about God, he sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and its people are like grasshoppers. And God became a man and came to tell us about his rescue plan in our language, describing heavenly things.